Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> was watching with some guys. No, we're not talking about that. Yeah, welcome to the four point plan. <laughs> Today is January 17th, 2021. I am your host, JR, a drug counselor from Los Angeles, California. Welcome to the four point plan. It's good to have everybody tune in and listen to us again. I am here, as always, with my faithful co hosts, my friends, my compadres. Uh, let's hear from them now. Say hello, Sean. Hello. Good morning. Now, I'm, not sure right. I'm not sure it's morning when you're listening to this, but it's morning now. You sound stellar, <laughs> buddy. Listen to you. Is that a is that welcome, a new microphone? Welcome. Oh yeah. Four point productions. Oh, Four point productions came through. Nice stepping up his game. You see that guy? Hey, let's all say good morning to Guy. What's up, Guy? Good morning. I still have the same microphone. It's just. No, I'm working. <laughs> Come on, Jersey. Come on, Jersey. <laughs> Jerry hasn't given me a new microphone yet. <laughs> good, uh, good morning, everybody. Hopefully I sound all right. And uh, yesterday is morning for us. We're going to talk a little bit about this four-point plan today. That's right. Uh, which episode are we on? My God, it seems like we've been going forever. We are on episode 29. Can you believe that? Always ask us that. 29. Nice. We're twi we just keep cranking them out, man. This is beautiful because what we're doing, man, is we're coming on here on the podcast and we're talking about the four-point plan that can save your life. It will give you freedom from active drug addiction and give you a new way to live. This is uh, what worked for us and worked for countless others, and it can work for you, too. If you or someone you love struggles with drug addiction, alcoholism, we understand. We have been there ourselves, and we want to help you to change your life and to get a better life and to, to get sober and to get clean and to stay that way. And you can do it if you practice this four-point plan. It's a very simple plan. It's an easy plan. People may struggle to do it, but once they get going, man their lives get awesome. So it's this simple. It's number one, you need to go to 90 meetings in 90 days. These could be AA meetings, NA meetings, possibly even something called smart recovery or refuse recovery. There's lots of uh, recovery programs out there. The most popular probably being Alcoholics Anonymous, which has saved millions of lives. It's really transformed people. But, you know, wherever you got to go, man, just get in where you fit in. We're going to talk a little bit about that today, but what's important, man, is that you do 90 meetings in 90 days. You you make this uh, a part of your life. You prioritize this so that it comes up number one in your life. You go to a meeting every day. You know, if you want to shift your priorities around after you do the four-point plan, maybe you want to do that. But to get started, man, this is really important. Do 90 meetings in 90 days. Just for three months, go to a meeting every day. Also, I want you to get a sponsor. A, sp a sponsor is a, <laughs> a sponsor is someone who has been there, who has gotten sober and stayed sober, and they can teach you how they did it. You can't do this by yourself. Your best thinking got you put in rehab and jail. You're not a good decision maker. The best decision you probably made today was to listen to the Four Point Plan podcast. And the next decision you ought to make is maybe to go get a sponsor. So find yourself a sponsor, get a sponsor. Number sponsor. three. 
<laughs> number three, <laughs> get a home group. Find a meeting, man, that you're going to feel comfortable at. You're going to feel like the people there are like family, and you don't want to miss that meeting ever. So you're going to go there every week. So find a home group. And then finally, get a uh, service commitment. Find a way to be uh, of service to the me uh, the program that saved your life. Uh, find a way to give back. These meetings happen, man, and they're going to happen whether you're there or not. But you can show up and you can help these meetings happen. You can be a secretary. You can be a greeter. You can be a chip person or a treasurer. Or There's lots of service commitments available at meetings. Probably more commitments available at meetings in person. Right now, there's a pandemic, so we do a lot of meetings online, but there's still people that work behind the scenes, man, that get the websites going, that keep the um, security, keep the Zoom security going. We got a yeah. Zoom security guy here today who will make sure that no one Zoom bombs our podcast. If someone tries to come onto our podcast on our Zoom, he will kick them out immediately <laughs> and report you and report them. That's awesome stuff. Yeah. So, so let's run it down again real quick. The four-point plan, 90 and 90, get a sponsor, get a home group, get a commitment. Do this, man. Get involved with this program that will save your life, and good things will happen. I promise you this. So today I want to talk about something that's a little bit different, man, and maybe a little controversial. I had a weird day yesterday uh, uh, bouncing around with some different meetings. I've actually attended several meetings this weekend, and uh, – I, I tried going to a couple of meetings yesterday that I wasn't comfortable in, man. So, you know, it's really about getting in where you fit in. You know, you need to do 90 and 90. Uh, if you go to a meeting, you probably should stick around, not leave five minutes before the miracle happens. But, man, I was really struggling at some of these meetings I hit this weekend. I, I was not enjoying them. And and I think it was the, uh, the people, man. I think that there were people out there that just – you know, rub me the wrong way. And is it that the people rub me the wrong way or is it because I have a disease that wants me to do heroin? I don't know, man. I got to <laughs> ask God. I got to talk to God and be like, God, did I leave that meeting because I didn't like the people? Or did <clears throat> I leave that meeting because there's a disease inside my brain that wants me to do heroin more than anything else. And it knows if it can drag my ass out of a meeting that it's winning the battle. It's, it's one up in me. It's getting me that much closer to going out and relapsing. What I have is a chronic relapsing brain disease. At 12 years sober, I am still very conscious of the fact that I have a chronic relapsing brain disease. It lives inside my brain. It goes to meetings with me. It goes to school with me. It learns what I learn, and then it talks to me in my own voice, and it tells me shit like, oh, JR, you've got 12 years clean, man. You ain't got to listen to this bullshit from these people that are so full of shit. Look at this motherfucker over here. He runs an illegal gambling establishment out of his house. You're going to fucking listen to him about spiritual <laughs> principles? He's a motherfucker. What about this dude? I think that dude's pimping newcomer girls. You better stay the fuck away from <laughs> Fuck this me. All these people are full of shit. Is that that person from your home group that you've known for fucking 25 years? They're still fucking relapsing? Why the fuck are we at this meeting? This is the kind of shit that's in my brain, man. It's attacking me. And I'm looking at people and I'm judging them. I'm just sitting there being all judgy. And I know I shouldn't be judgy. People, they tell us in the program, do not be judgmental. But then they fucking tell us to stick with the winners. God damn it. Would you make up your mind already? I'm trying to stick with the winners and not be judgmental. But how do I know who the winners are if I ain't <laughs> judging people? It's, a, it's tricky. It's a dichotomy. It's so challenging, man, to do the right thing. For the right reason 
Uh, but I know, man, I know I need to be in meetings. That's got to be my number one, right? So here I am, I'm sitting in meetings, I'm looking around. And, and yesterday, what made it extra special was the online Zoom Narcotics Anonymous convention. Okay? So I got clean and sober in Narcotics Anonymous. That was uh, where my recovery was based for at least the first 10, 11 years of my recovery. And now... Uh, I almost exclusively attend the AA meetings. So I wanted to go and see my old friends and stuff, but I always have this feeling about conventions. If the if it wasn't for the coronavirus, the convention would be live and in-person at the Burbank Airport Hotel, the Marriott over there, right? And so most years I go by, I spend money I don't want to spend, I hang out for a half hour, I see a bunch of people that I don't like, and then I leave. <laughs> Last year, I did not go because I knew, man. I'm like, why am I going to go up there? I'm going to pay $10 to park. I'm going to pay $35 for registration. I'm going to walk into a room, look around, and I'm going to see a bunch of fucking dudes dressed like dicks. Um, they're all going to be dressed up like in their snazziest, uh, crazy looking outfits. And I'm not going to fit in with them. And they all like half the fucking convention is going to look like they just got out of prison or they were all friends on the yard. And they even pose, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, a Narcotics Anonymous convention photograph, but you'll get 10 dudes that were all in the yard together and they'll all get together and they're all posed and they're all uh, posed like they're gangsters, like they're Run DMC. Be <laughs> throwing up gang signs, right? Little, what, what's up, what's all you like, they'll be like, all oh, gangster. And like, I'm not fucking gangster, man. And I'm not fucking, I don't fit in with gangsters. And I don't think gangsters really like me. I don't know if they like me or not. I don't fucking like them. I'm not into gangster shit, right? So why well, would go to the convention? I'd always be super uncomfortable. But I figured yesterday it's virtual. It's on Zoom. I have a lot of people that I love in the NA. NA saved my life. I need to go on there and check it out. And it was around the time of the main meeting. So I could listen to probably a quality, good speaker, you know, I've actually spoken at that very same convention that I hate. I've spoken there before. So uh, <laughs> I wanted to go just to see if I saw any friends. And you know what I did, man? I, did, I, I listened a little bit to the speaker, but mostly what I did was I scrolled through the Zoom pages and looked at all the people that were in the convention. And I was like... Judging. Like, judging, yeah. Don't like, like that motherfucker. motherfucker. Don't like that motherfucker. Don't like that. Oh, this mother. Oh, this mother. Oh, man. It's so terrible, man. What? I, I am trying to live a life of spiritual principles. I'm trying yeah, to I was be in court. a loving person. But inside of me, man, I am, I am still JR, the fucking, the evil, fucking mean, angry prick. Earlier today, you guys and I were talking about... What do you like when you wake up? Do you wake up happy or do you wake up? I wake up miserable. I wake up angry every day. I wake up. I don't know why, man, but it takes me a cup of coffee before I start thinking straight. But like inside of me, at the core of me, there's an angry, grumpy motherfucker. And when I went to that NA convention on Zoom last night, that angry motherfucker came out. And I was like, fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. <laughs> um, did you stay for the whole meeting? Dude, I stayed for like 10 minutes. Ten, there's a convention it's like 48 hours straight and i stayed for like 10 minutes i couldn't hang man i fucking i couldn't hang i don't know but here even worse man earlier in the day i went to my home group man and it was the same thing because the uh the secretary the way that the secretary runs that meeting on zoom 
is different than I would do it. If I was secretary, I used to be the secretary of that meeting before. My sponsor used to be the secretary of that meeting before. But now there's some other guy that does it. And the way that he does it, I'm sure there's a format written down or something, but the way that he enforces it or, or conducts it is not the way that we do it in our AA meetings. And so I, I'm, I don't know if I'm jaded, man, but I have changed from going to these AA meetings. I feel like I see a difference now in the two programs that, and I am now more comfortable in AA, which is bullshit, man, because for my first 10 years, I went to AA meetings and every AA meeting I went to, I was like, fuck these guys, fuck this guy, fuck this guy. Like, why can't I just be comfortable with both, man? There's something inside of me. It's a disease that lives in my brain, man, that wants to make me uncomfortable wherever the fuck I go. Because it's like, if you go to NA, they want to keep you clean. Well, fuck them. If you go to AA, they want to keep you sober. Well, fuck them too. Now I got to at least, at least yeah. be good with one, but I want to be good with both. So it's, I guess it's not really about principles versus personalities, man. I think what it's really about is, is my level of acceptance and my level of willingness. And, you know, uh, how do I get in where I fit in? How do I uh, find the program that works for me and then, and then just love it and not be so judgmental of everyone else. And that's, that's where I'm at today, man. That's the challenge that I'm facing today. And mm. I know that I, I'm bringing this up on the four-point plan because I tell people, go to meetings, man. Go to 90 and 90. And now they're like, I went to that meeting and those people are all full of shit. You know, what if they went to that convention I went to and was like, man, they was all gangsters. I ain't hanging out with no fucking gangsters. I just got out of gangsters. I don't want to be back in the gangsters. I, I get that. I understand. I'll be like, go to AA. There ain't no fucking gangsters over there. It's just uh it's just weird people. There's some. <laughs> there's, there's, some yeah, there's some reformed ones. <clears throat> JR, I love your honesty on this, man. That's great. That's a great, that's a great topic. Um, and it's something that a lot a lot of people do struggle with when they first start going to meetings, is is that our our minds just will not shut up and stop judging. We're we're just a little nervous and probably scared even though nobody likes to admit it or fearful or we just love judging people, man. And, and that, and sometimes that alone can keep people away from, from just going to a meeting and sitting there and taking in any positive that they can, because that, that negative judgmental mind just keeps us away, man. It, it shuts us away from, from the sunlight is the way I like to put it. And that was, that's very honest of you. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought this up. I think it's a great topic for today. Yeah, I mean, many, many years ago, after my third or fourth DUI, I, had to, I was ordered to go to some, to go to meetings. And I was younger, I was younger then, so I, I went to CA. And that's a totally different uh, feel of meetings, too. I think there's a lot of, I don't want to say immature, but there's a lot of, a lot of it's, it's just lax. It's, it's a lot of jokes going around, like they make fun of the format when you're reading it. And back then, I liked CA. I was younger, though. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but now when I go to, I went to CA when I was in treatment, the CA meeting would come and they, it, would, it was just like, they're like, they're making a mocking of the program. It was like comical and it was, it was somewhat funny. I mean, I was still new in sobriety, so my emotions were all over the place. But, you know, those uncomfortable situations is, because every meeting, when I first started going to, to the program, every meeting I went to was uncomfortable for me. 
And that's right. how I knew I was making a change though, because I was doing something different that I'm not used to doing and going to meetings, you know, people asked me to share and, you know, I listened for the first year, even today, I don't really share that much because I'm listening, I'm soaking it in because I don't really know it. So I'm learning it, but it's still uncomfortable. Even when I'm asked to share, lead, or that's like a meeting on Friday, I raise my hand to read and just to try to get out of that un uncomfortability zone and just to, just to, to be uh, more comfortable with it. You just got to find one that you even, I don't know, uncomfortable is good when you're, when you're trying to get sober because you're doing something different. You're changing your life. So you're not used to any of it. And that's my experience. These uncomfortable situations, I always, I always think the, the, uh, the reader or the leader or the secretary when I'm asked to speak because they put me in an uncomfortable situation in the podium in front of everybody. JR is a little different. He likes, he likes that, that spotlight, that, <clears throat> that center attention. But for me, it's uncomfortable, but I'm getting, getting over it. <laughs> I think it was, <laughs> I loved what a guy said. Um, and Sean kind of reiterated it in different words. It's, there's a fear factor, man. When you're new and you're walking into a meeting full of people that you don't know, Hell yeah. you're, over, you're almost overwhelmed by the level of fear that you're experiencing. And it's really hard, man. You have a disease that wants you to get loaded. You walk into a room full of people you don't know. You don't want to talk to anybody. Talking to people is what's going to help you make connections that are going to help you stay sober. Your disease knows this better than you do. So what your disease does is it starts churning, man. It starts saying, don't talk to that person. Don't look at that person. Don't let anybody talk to you. Be a mean asshole. Like that's what happens in my brain, man. It, it tries to keep me. And this is going to come as a surprise to a lot of people. But the truth is I'm, I'm terribly popular. I am super, super people, love me. people love me. I go places, people get to know me quickly and they get to love me quickly. Right. So I am incredibly popular. Maybe the most popular guy in NA, you know, I'm definitely <laughs> the coolest guy in NA because I'm the only one that won the heavyweight championship of the world nine times. Right. I mean, Machete goes there and I get a little jealous when Machete's there because then I kind of become the second most famous person in the room. But most of the time, I'm the most famous person in NA. But I show up at the, like the NA meeting yesterday, man, and and something overcomes me, this fear that nobody likes me. When I, walk, when I walk through the door, man, I think nobody likes me. That's crazy. Fucking people love me. I mean, I should get it tattooed on some. I wear T-shirts with my picture on it. I, I should get it tattooed. Everybody loves me because, you know, when, when I'm turning on all cylinders, right, I feel that way. But if I walk alone into a meeting, I immediately think nobody likes me. And what a scary, horrible thing. And what a good illustration of what the disease does. Okay. Because most of the time I'm confident and I am happy and I believe in myself. And somehow if I'm in a meeting, an AA meeting, an NA meeting filled with people that I don't know, I get this voice in my head that's my voice that's so loud that says, nobody likes you. You're mm. a fucking piece of shit. Everybody hates you. And I believe that shit. And that's a scary thought because I've been sober for a long fucking time. I meet someone brand new that's one drink away from dying or one shot of heroin away from fucking never coming back, right? And they walk into a meeting and they get that voice in their head chances are they could go out and die. And I've seen it happen to a lot of people. So 
what we need to do is we need to learn how to talk to people, especially when they're new and tell them, don't listen to that voice in your head. Go against your better judgment. Your thinking doesn't work. Use contrary action. Maybe get into some cerebral reversal. Bobby Knight said it best when he tried to get his players to turn their, their thinking around. Do cerebral reversal. Turn your brain around. And if you think I should leave this meeting, that means you definitely need to stay at the meeting. If you think I don't want to go to the meeting, that means I have to go to that fucking meeting. When you're new, don't trust your fucking thinking. Your thinking sucks. Your thinking got you thrown in jail. Your thinking got you going to rehab and detox over and over again. Your thinking said, I could handle just doing one more. And then you ended up fucking homeless again. So you can't trust your brain. If your brain tells you don't do it, you better fucking do it. <clears throat> yeah. You know, you, you brought up a good point about making that connection with people. You said go go to those meetings because you might those mice are talking at least what i what i tried to do in the beginning because i started going to a lot of meetings and and man there's a lot of different types of people in there and my mind like all of our minds we we are judgy we we get overwhelmed by the different types of attitudes and and we want to nitpick the negative and and just focus on something that one person said or one person did and then it'll it'll set our whole mind. It'll make up my whole mind about the entire other tens of millions of people that have gotten sober through these programs, clean and sober. And that's not right. What what helped me? It you just made me remember it was um, <clears throat> going to those meetings, and I didn't want to talk to people. I was trying to go into a lot of them, but I kept reminding myself. It's better than being laying down in the street, fucking wasted. It's better than that. And I just kept telling myself that I kept reminding myself it's better that it's better than wanting, you know, just wanting to just drown my, my, my life away. It's better than that. Just sit here. And I would try to pick up just one little thing that I liked about, I would, I would feel better after every single time I would hear something that would just give me a little bit of hope and inspiration or a little bit of how, how this thing works. I, I had to just stay there. I didn't talk to people. I want, I was still judging people. Don't get me wrong. I would still go there and say, who's going to talk to me? Oh, <laughs> they're, they're so clicky over here. They're doing this over there. But I kept telling myself, just keep coming, keep going. It's better than being, being miserable. Because I was done, man. I was out of answers. I, I could make up that point right there, at least. I kept going, just kept going, tried to pick out just a couple positive things. And then eventually, even if I didn't want to, I started making those damn connections with people. With people I didn't even think I would. If, if you would ask me, like, do you think you'll be going out to breakfast with this, with these, uh, this group of people over here in... Uh, in six months from now, I would have said, fuck, no. I would have said, hell no, I'm not. I don't like the way that one says this or the way that one looks or, oh, they think they are so much better than me. That was the big one. They think that, they, that they're so much better because look at them. They got all their years of sobriety or they got that girl or they got this or 
you know, oh, he drives that car. <laughs> hey, that's a big deal, man. I get fucking bent out of shape by some of the cars these motherfuckers are driving. <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's how we are as humans and as addicts and alcoholics. Shit, man. I, We're like I remember, times full. I remember I spoke at a meeting. It was a disaster. My perception of it was a disaster. You know, I was up in the podium in front of 80-something people. I was sweating. I was stumbling on words. I couldn't deliver my message, I thought, very well. And then, you know, I'm sitting there. A lot of that's doing judging myself and a lot of self-centered fear. Oh, my God, I sound stupid, or they're going to make fun of me, or they don't like me after this. But as soon as I was done, like, everybody clapped. And I walked back to my seat, and everybody's, like, shaking my hand. I'm like, why are you shaking my hand for? That was a disaster. I still, have the, I, I still have the 10 minute recording of it and I still haven't listened to it because I'm scared of, to, to judge myself. <laughs> I want to listen to it. Yeah, I'll let you listen. Can I get a copy it. of that? Yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, in my opinion or my perception was it was disaster. I went two and a half minutes over my timer. Secretary's looking at me like, time's up, buddy. Like, you know, like, but, and I stopped a couple of times to, to meditate or whatever. He's like, oh, you stopped twice to, and you just didn't say anything for you know 30 seconds like i don't think it was that long but i was just trying to gather my words but apparently he goes would you stop to meditate for the whole time yeah uh, but i mean even before i went out there like my sponsor knew how nervous i was about it and like they had a little prayer circle we went outside and they just said help me deliver my message so like it was to me it was wait what hold on time out we see the back to the prayer circle <laughs> back to the prayer circle hold on did <laughs> Did you just say that they had a prayer circle? Yeah, they do that your first Pray time. If you're your fucking ability to share at the meeting, not to share, just to, oh! to, to get over to get over my nervousness, you know? Because it was. Should we start doing that here before the podcast? <laughs> you would have been. Please See, don't now, now, deliver a good podcast today. Now I feel like you're judging me and I'm about to shut the meeting down. I'm about to leave on my end. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. Yeah. Wow. Now That's I feel, awesome, man. Yeah, way to change That's it up. That's cool, man. I think it's awesome. <laughs> it was. Though. I was at first like, this is a little weird. You know what I mean? Like a bunch it of dudes out there. Like, it worked. His ass got up there and fucking did it. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a it was one of the most nerve-wracking things I've, I've ever done. And I've done some pretty crazy things, you know, and but that was the beginning of 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 my of of me like of trying to change, you know, because I wanted, because I believe I have a good message, but I don't know how to deliver it well. And that was the start of it. That was the first one, and it was a disaster in my in my eyes. And I wanted to do better. I want to be able to deliver a message because I believe I have a good message. And and that uncomfortable situation was the beginning of me trying to change and help another alcoholic another anybody just to help anybody you know like that was the start of it for me and i look forward to it even now like they asked me like zoom you know the platform's a little different here and to me it's a little easier to share on zoom but but like i'm getting i'm getting like better at it and, you know i'm looking forward to the future of my deliverance thank god i never had that problem they taught me where i where i came from to share Shut like up, JR. <laughs> they taught me to share like Shakespeare. It was competitive sharing in my home group. We, yeah. Everybody had to give the, the good message. You always had to have a good uh, finish. Like you, If you're going to share for three to five minutes at the end of that, you better have a nice go home, right? And so uh, I get it, man. I, I know it's like to be scared to share. but Stop looking uh, at me. You've gotten good Stop at it. Stop looking at me. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> Uh, I want to go back to what Guy said because it was a good reminder for me. 
Um, I went to those meetings yesterday. I hated them. If you were asking me, hey, JR, how was the meeting? I would have been like, it sucked. But now, after hearing what Guy said, he made a very good point. How was the meeting yesterday? Well, it was better than going to jail. <laughs> so no matter yeah. how much I fucking hate a meeting, man, it is better than being dope sick. It is better than sticking a fucking needle in my arm or fucking sticking a needle in my arm over and over again while I'm sick with blood splattering all over the fucking place like a goddamn horror show, nice. right? Yeah. So my life was fucking horrible before NA. So how could I be so fucking judgmental of the program that took me out of that place that I was at? I was such a bad drug addict and I am so fortunate to be alive today. And how could I not have gratitude for a program that did that for me? I do, man, I'm incredibly grateful, but I've gotten spoiled, man. Because I go to meetings with you guys. Like, essentially, except for the meeting I go to with my sponsor, all the other meetings I go to are with either Sean or Guy or both of you. And and so I got, like, this comfort level that's sky high now. I get to go to meetings with people who are, are my close friends. They're not just my friends that I've known from the meeting, but my close friends who I work with and I see often. And, you know, a lot of people during the coronavirus, they never see anybody in person, man. And and when I do get lucky and bump into someone I know from the meetings, I always get happy. But like, you are my guys, man. You're my friends. And and so going to meetings with you, I think it's jaded me, it's spoiled me to where like, I go to my own meetings where I know people love me. There's no question in my mind that they love me. They see me on Zoom and they're like, oh my God, JR's here. Hi, JR. Yeah, it's great. They love me. But like, it's not the same feeling as I get at our home group on Friday night or if I go over to Quality of Life with Sean because... You know, when uh, when the place was still open, Sean would save me a seat at every quality of life meeting. So it's like there's something about, you know, people saving you a seat, greeting you, uh, having the, the meeting before the meeting, the meeting after the meeting, you know, that makes you feel loved and comfortable. And and that's why it's important to get in where you fit in. Like I might keep going to meetings with you guys because. Yeah, that's where I feel loved the most. I, mean, I guess I still feel loved for my old friends too, but like my norm, my new norm is to, to go to meetings with y'all. That's where I want to be. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> that's that true. Connection, that connection. That I, is true. Sometimes we, in the beginning though, we don't go to meetings with, sometimes we don't know anybody and that's, it's a goddamn scary feeling. So anybody new out there, we get it. And it was like that for us too. Sometimes you do, at least, you know, sometimes you can get a somebody you know, you know, maybe if you're in a sober living, you can get somebody else to go to the meeting with you um, or to do the Zoom with you. Just, just please go. Number one, number one thing is just to be there and stay, stay, try to stay for the whole meeting if you can because we, we want to get out, you know, <laughs> we'll we want to leave. It's a little bit tougher when we go to the physical meetings, but in the Zoom ones, it's easy. Yeah, you we, just click button. Yeah, Fuck you, just I'm like, gone. Bye. You, do, <laughs> you do have to hit the leave button twice, though, so. Uh, but yeah. there, there's the other thing, too, is um, you can turn your camera off in a Zoom meeting. You can sit there with just your name up on the screen or a picture up on the screen and not have to look anybody in the eye. And that's 
that's not fostering connection. Uh, Friday night's my favorite meeting is my home group. And I feel connected to those people, even though most of them I didn't hang out with in person. I just seen them on Zoom. But when we do go back to in-person meetings, I will feel so comfortable to go up and give them a hug because right. we have been building this amazing connection by going to the same meeting, the same home group. So, guys, you haven't you haven't really like maybe made that connection in person, but it's weird. We do make a connection on Zoom. It's I've I've witnessed it myself with myself too, where I'm like, you know what? I have a much better respect now for this person, and I some people like that I have seen before in person, but I never really got to know them, but I got to know them through these zoom meetings. And I'm, I'm like happy that I'm going to like, when I see them, I'm going to, I'm going to give them a big hug. <laughs> you know, it's like the first couple of times I went to that Friday night meeting. Like I didn't know anybody except for you two. And, you know, I was just the first couple of times I went, I was just doing it as, you know, for support for guy. And, you know, plus it's a meeting meetings are always good, but the more I started going, you know, now it's like, I go there every Friday I'm there and, People are actually saying, oh, Sean's here now. Sean's here. Yeah, they love you. I was getting private chats from somebody, this chick. Uh, she was asking me about my shoes in the back. No, no. not like that. It wasn't like that. <laughs> it wasn't like that. Woman, she was a woman. She's asking me about my shoes in the back. Tell me about those shoes back there. Yeah, well, no, she goes, oh, are all those the same shoes? I'm like, no, they're not all the same shoes. Because no one's ever asked me about my Roddy Piper doll back there or my <laughs> back there. No, she's asking you about your shoes because yeah. she's really asking you about your cock. <laughs> she didn't ask you because maybe <laughs> are those shoes really large? Are those long shoes or are they fat shoes? Are those shoes been boogie nights or <laughs> I knew this is weird. Yeah. 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 That's where it always goes. <laughs> oh man. So tell me, how do we make the connection, man? Like we're talking about this going into meetings, feeling uncomfortable, not liking people, whatever. And, and you're talking about, you know, making connections to people. How do we do that? Private messaging. No, not fucking. <laughs> <laughs> if only there was a plan that could help with this. I know one of them could be just go to a meeting every day for 90 days to start. That's a good start. I like it. A sponsor, he'll tell you what good meetings or what meetings he wants you to go to. I have a great connection with my sponsor. Me too. I talk to my sponsor every day. We were just talking about our home group on Friday, guy. I like. I feel closer to those people already. Right. Friday, if, yeah, if we keep going, that's what happens. That's why we. That's why we have that first part of the four point plan, the ninety and ninety. We keep going. We're probably going to get that home group. One of those meetings, and as out of those ninety days, you're going to you're going to probably be like, man, I really like going to this one particular meeting each every week at that time, and then we'll get that home group, and then we'll get to know those people, whether we like it or not. That's what I when I first started bringing this up, like if you would have asked me if I would be hanging out with some of these people or or talking to these people on the phone or texting with them or or you know or when we when we were in physical meetings, you know, we would go out to go eat breakfast or something. And I, I would have said no freaking way, man. I would not have guessed it. And it, it's just what happens. We built a connection and we, I found out that I had more in common than what they, than what I thought I would have. I thought that they wouldn't want to know me. And also yeah. I thought, I'm not sure I want to hang out with people 
who would want to hang out with me. <laughs> yes, because at, at Quality Life, when we had the meeting every Friday for the first, I don't know, for maybe the first couple months, there was, you know, a couple of people there would be like, oh, we're going to Denny's. Do you want to come? And I'd be like, oh, no, I got curfew because I was still in sober living. But I probably, I could have went. I could have made it home in time. But it was an excuse not to go because I'm like, why do these people want to even, do people even like me? Why do they want me to go to Denny's with them, drink coffee? And eventually, after they asked me a couple, they never gave up asking me. And like the guy said, if he would have asked me three months ago if I would go to Denny's with these guys, I would have said, fuck no. But then I finally, my sponsor goes, no, I think you should fellowship and go with him. I'm like, okay. And I went there, we went to Denny's and we had coffee and ate some, and I didn't have any money, I don't think at the time. So it was first yeah, that's time. the big thing. We don't have, I was like, I don't have any money. Yeah, that was my excuse. That's what I use. I don't have any money right now. I can't afford it. Like, no, you can come with us and just drink water. You can sit there and just drink water. You don't have to eat anything. I'm like, oh, I'm not hungry. Then don't drink anything. Don't eat anything. <laughs> so, so, so just come with us to fellowship because they knew what that connection was and they knew I was uncomfortable. They knew I really didn't really want to go, but they wanted me to go. So then I finally went and I I don't I never had as much genuine laughter as I had that night. It was the most fun time I've had in sobriety ever. And it was it was and then I started going every Friday. We would go and it was a thing. We said, oh, go to Denny's, let's go to Denny's. And it was oh. it was it was awesome. And I miss that. I miss that connection now. And like I do, like the real meetings in person are obviously way better, but thank God for the Zoom platform that we have and it's because you still have that connection. We're all still part of each other's lives, even though we can't fellowship too well or go hug each other or high five each other or make each other coffee. That reminds me, man, of when uh when I was new, I got clean in June. And that November, when Thanksgiving rolled around, I was invited over to some friends of mine from NA for Thanksgiving dinner. And I... I still felt like a nasty drug addict. Like I still felt like I looked scary and I smelled bad and, and I probably did. Like I was probably still, did. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I, I had less than six months. They wanted and, to throw your ass in the showers what they wanted to do. And I was surprised that they invited me to their home. I was like, why? I can't believe you would let me. <laughs> I can't believe you. <laughs> now, man it's a good reminder that those were my friends from NA. Like here I am talking all kinds of shit about yesterday about not feeling comfortable in NA. And that's probably just my disease in my brain because when I was new, my friends in NA were the world to me and they made me feel human again. When I didn't feel like I could fit in with anybody when, you know, guy says, you know, these are people I would have never hung out with. I wouldn't hang out with anybody. I hung out with myself. I hung out with my bathroom and my spoon and my syringe. I wasn't hanging out with nobody. The only other human contact I usually had was my drug dealer. I'd be like, "Hey, you want to come in?" He'd be like, "Nah, that's cool." Yeah, yeah I, I always felt like I was a like a major inconvenience mm -hmm. on on everybody in my in my meeting. Like, people would ask me if I wanted to ride. I'm like, "No, I'll take the bus." And you know, I I just felt like I was an inconvenience, and I was on, I don't want to sit in a car with them for the 15, 20 minute ride to the meeting because. What am I going to talk about? Like, what am I going to relate to these people? And we're going to talk about the weather on the way. To me, I'd rather just get on the bus and put headphones in and just get there. But my sponsor made a point to make sure I just asked somebody. He goes, this person lives by you. This person lives by you. This person lives by you. Just to let you know. He didn't tell me to ask somebody, but he told me who lived by me. And he goes, maybe you should reach people. These people will be happy to give you a ride. And I did. And a lot of those rides home, like, I, I connected with people that, 
every person that gave me a ride home, you know, for the first, I don't know, eight or nine months that I needed a, a ride was, you know, we connected and, and I built relationships on these people because of those rides home. And I couldn't offer gas money. I couldn't offer much, you know, and even a good conversation I couldn't really offer because I was so uncomfortable, but you know, it was just uncomfortable. You were the best part of the conversation. Yeah. But it was, I mean, <laughs> you get yeah. to know them. Yeah. Then they're like, I don't want anything back. Just when you get your license, when you get your a car, just pay it, pay it forward to the next guy who needs a ride home. That's all I ask. And, and I, and I try to be a service in any way I can now to the, to anybody really. Yeah, it's important, man. We're telling you, if you're new and you're listening to the Four Point Plan podcast, we're telling you, we understand, but please do not listen to your disease. Do not listen to that voice in your head that tries to get you to alienate yourself. It happens to us. It happens to me with 12 years sober, man. It tells me you're not good enough. People don't like you. Fuck these people. Stay away from them. Don't listen to that. Contrary action. Go against your thinking, man. Don't alienate yourself. Become a part of the group, man. Make connections with people. The four-point plan is designed to make connections with people. 90 meetings in 90 days. You can't go to a meeting for 90 days in a row and not make any friends, especially if if you're in a room with them. But even if you're on Zoom, man, you keep your camera on. You speak when spoken to. You identify when your clean time comes around. And sure enough, people are going to start talking to you because people want to be your friend. If people want to be my friend, the fucking psychotic uh, egomaniac that I am, I guarantee they want to be your friend, man. So go to a meeting every day for 90 days and get a sponsor. If you get a sponsor, man, you're going to develop a relationship with another human being unlike any that you've ever had before. And that's a fucking connection, man. That's an important connection. And for me, man, I love going to meetings with my sponsor. I still go at least once a week to a meeting with my sponsor. So another way to build a connection, find a home group like me and guy we're talking about. We have the same home group and we have uh, built even stronger connections during the pandemic, even on zoom with people that we now feel like we know better and we love more. So that's an awesome way to make connections and then find a way to be a service, man, do a service commitment at a meeting. If it's the greeter, if it's the chip person, if it's the secretary, find a way for people to get to know your name that you're going to show up and do what's expected of you. And they know, uh, you know, I know that a guy named Sal is my fucking chip guy in my meetings. So like, you know, they know your name and they get connected to you because you're there doing your commitment. The four point plan is all about fostering connection to other people. That's how I designed it. That's how the people who taught me designed it. That's what saved my life was I no longer had to be alone in a bathroom with a needle in my arm. I could be in a meeting with people who loved me. And it's so much better, man, to be in a meeting, even if you're thinking about using, right? So say you're thinking about using, it's better to be in a meeting thinking about using than to be in a bathroom using heroin thinking about being in a meeting. I promise you that. So this yeah. is uh this is where you need to go, man. You need to go to some meetings, even if you don't want to, especially if you don't want to. If your brain says, I don't want to go to a meeting, go to a fucking meeting. My brain tells me I don't like NA. That's fucking bullshit, man. I love NA. NA saved my life. I just need to go to the meetings that I love and talk to the people that I love. And that's I'm going to call a bunch of my NA friends today just because I got the day off. And I'm going to call them, see how they've been, see how they're holding up through the pandemic. I know what's important, man. The number one most important thing in the world to me is my fucking recovery. I have got to stay sober no matter what. And for me to do that, I've got to connect to people. 
So I'm going to do that today, man. I'm going to talk to people I love. I'm already here talking to Guy and Sean. Sunday's always a good day because I start out right talking to my people, my friends. And I'm going to do a whole lot of that today, man. I'm going to call my sponsor today and tell him I love him. Just because I should call my sponsor every day and tell him I love him. I know it seems weird and culty, man, but this is so much better than going to jail. It's so much better than going to detox and going to rehab. The four-point plan gave me a life beyond my wildest dreams, and, and it could do it for you, too. What has the four-point plan done for you, Mr. Guy? Oh, man. <clears throat> like you said, it, it, it really did bring that connection with other people in recovery, people that have solved the the drug and alcohol problem. Not all of them, not, not all of them are perfect, but who is, you know, it allowed me to sh just finally shut that negative thinking down in my brain. That's, you know, that's something that we talked about today too. Um, it, it just, it got me out of, it got me out of being passed out. Like you said, being alone, it just does so much. Just doing these four things, it it basically got me from not doing things, trying to figure this whole life out on my own. And I think it can happen for anybody else who tries those four things. You do those four things. I I hardly ever. Well, I don't even know if I've hardly ever seen it fail. I just I just haven't. I haven't. If, if you really get committed to doing those things, you start, you will build, you will see yourself changing. And I know I have changed because of it for the better. And man, why wouldn't I want that? Why wouldn't I? It was, it yeah. was misery before, pure misery. Get away, get away from that negative thinking, man, that that voice inside your head. I, I used to call it the little man that says worm, you know. I can't believe there's a little man inside my head says worm. Worm, 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 worm. This little man, the little man inside my head says worm. Worm, 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 worm. Sean, tell me about the four-point plan, sounded brother. Really good, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded really good. Uh, the four-point plan definitely saved my life. I don't know where I would be without it. The four-point plan has gave me bills. It got me a license. It got me my car back. It helped me create connections with people that are genuine friends that would do anything for them, just like I would do, or they, I would do anything for them, like they would do anything for me. I think that's one of the most the most beneficial um, aspects of the of the four-point plan for me is the connection. Like I've had, you know, I got lifelong friends, you know, that I still talk to, but like these. These people in my home group, they're like they're they're my family and they're genuine friends and they do as they say, they they follow through. If I need something, they'll be there, no matter really what anything that it would I would ask if I needed to, they would do it just like I would do for them. Um, Sundays are important for me. They're they're one of my favorite days because I start the day off with you guys and you know, Sundays is the day that I, I call, you know, my family. I try to call them all once a week. So Sundays I call my, my friends, I call my dad, my brothers. I try to stay connected with them because this is what the four point plan is, has taught me to do is stay connected, stay grounded, just, you know, stay active and a part of, yeah. That's right. An addict alone is in bad company. 
you can't leave me alone, man, because there's a weird, there's a weird committee that goes on. There's weird radio, K fuck, it goes on and negative thinking. Like guy said, man, the negative thinking gets in my brain and goes after me like a little man, like a little man inside my head says worm, 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 worm. But more importantly. More importantly, use, 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 get loaded, get loaded, get loaded. More importantly, the four point plan will be there to help change your life, help save your life, help to give you a life beyond your wildest dreams. So go out there today, go to a meeting, call your sponsor, go to your home group, get some service commitments, stay clean, stay sober, keep listening to the four point plan. We love you guys. Thank you. Four point productions out. Ha, 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 ha.